Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. And if there's somebody out there that like has a boyfriend and like you say, he says, you know, I'm not into talking about that stuff. Say, well, awesome. I'm not into you. Reading one of your books and someone was like, no, flip to the back. Like his number's back there. And I was like, no, it's not. And sure enough, I go to the back and I'm like, how does he do this? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapola. Let's see what sound effect we can play today. Nope. Let's <laughs> these are the not these are not the right sound effects. Anyway, welcome back to the pod. I hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. If you are listening on a Tuesday, I post these every single Tuesday. So welcome back. Um, for me, it is actually a Wednesday and your girl feels out of it today. I think that's because it is pouring rain outside. It has been thundering all day, which makes me just want to get curled up in a little ball and do nothing. <laughs> but I can't do that because I have a busy day ahead of me. Um, and so actually what I'm doing later today, which I'm really excited about is I am going to go get my ears double pierced. I know. So this is kind of random because I literally always swore in my life. I was like, I will never go get my ears double pierced. I'm going to keep it simple and classy, whatever, which I don't think getting your ears double pierced is not classy, but I used to be like, no, I'm just going to keep it simple. And this company was like, Hey, do you want to come get a free piercing at this place called studs? And I was like, you know what? I do. And I started looking up like Pinterest pictures and going online and like looking at cute little pictures of double piercings. And I was like, I want to do this. And I sent it to my boyfriend. I was like, what do you think about it? And he's like, no, that's hot. Do it. And I was like, all right, I'm doing it. <laughs> Fat bet. So I'm going and I'm so excited. So check out my Instagram. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going up, to be honest, because we are very ahead of schedule right now. So um, just just so you know, if you go to my Instagram, you will see that I have my ears double pierce. I'm super excited. Also this weekend, I'm heading to San Antonio for a wedding. I'm really excited. I'm going to be going with my boyfriend and some friends. One of my college friends is getting married this weekend. So I'm really excited to be in that. I am part of her house party, which I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but house party is something that I will probably do one day as well. House party is basically honoring a friend that's not necessarily a bridesmaid, but you're still honoring them as someone that you honor, like someone that you're like, I value you. I think you're a great friend. I like want you to be honored at my wedding, but you're not necessarily standing up there. So I'm really honored to be a house party for my friend. Um, her name's Linda and we went to college together. So it's just really exciting. I'm going to be down there this upcoming weekend. Um, this past week though, you guys, I have felt totally out of it. I don't know why. Um, energy levels ever since last Thursday, it's Wednesday now, since last Thursday, I have not been able to get my energy like back up. Um, so I'm trying to figure that out, whether that's food wise, or if there's something like internally going on, I probably think it's a lot to do with my food because I'm so busy. I have 
not been very good at my food schedule. Like I told you guys in the month of April, I have completely cut out energy drinks because I just don't want to rely on them. But April is about to end, which means I have successfully almost completed not drinking energy drinks the whole month of April. Like, can we get a round of applause for that? Where's the, is it this one? Nope. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all, it was tough. Okay. It was tough. I didn't enjoy doing it, but I'm proud of myself. My boyfriend and I both did it. So I'm actually drinking coffee. You'll see me drinking coffee in today's podcast. Um, so anyway, I'm going to figure that out. But, um, this past weekend was kind of crazy. I babysat my nieces and nephews. There's four of them for literally four days straight. Not, and I had my mom help me out. So I had some help with that. Thank God. But on Monday, unfortunately I did have to go to a funeral. So that was actually pretty sad. And that's something I eventually actually want to talk about in a different podcast is this funeral and talking about death and eternity and something I've been processing quite a bit, grieving and all the things. And so I'll talk about that maybe in a different episode, but that was something that was pretty sad and hard to process through. Um, but I'm in a better spot now, but that was something that kind of took an emotional toll toll on me. So anyway, all that to say, I'm in a better spot now. We are about to enter into May, which is so bonkers. I don't know when this podcast is going up, but we will probably already be in May at this point. So for today's episode, I am so, so excited to let you guys know that I am bringing on Bob Goff. Now, maybe you're like, who is Bob? Who is he? Bob is, is an incredible author. He's a New York Times bestseller. He has some of the books called Love Does, Everybody Always, Dream Big, Undistracted. He is somebody that I look up to so much in the, in the um, sense of someone that I see serves people, loves people, does charitable things, does what he preaches. He practices what he preaches. Someone that I'm inspired by that I'm like, dang, I want to be more like Bob. Bob is someone that... I just feel like has made a mark on history. He's left a legacy. And we talked about that in today's podcast. So I wanted to talk to him today about loving people and how do we love but have boundaries? What does it look like to practice what we preach? How do we stay humble? Um, How do we just relentlessly serve people and, and make a difference and make people feel seen and known and cared for. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Bob Goff. Um, and you maybe check out his books if you're looking for more examples of loving people very, very well. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode with Bob. I think you guys will be blessed by it and let's just get right into it and bring Bob Goff on. Okay, Bob Goff, welcome to Happy and Healthy. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks a million. Great to be with you. This is good stuff. Yes. So um, it is an absolute honor to have you on my podcast. I feel like you are an absolute legend in the book world, in the Christian world. Like, seriously, so honored to have you on. Thank you for giving me your time. Oh, I'm really just glad to be doing this uh, around here at the house. I'm the guy that takes the garbage out on Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that you have some normalcy in your life as well. (laughs) Totally. Well, I'm really excited to have you on um, just because you are someone that I genuinely believe shows an example of godliness and you show an example of laying your life down for people and serving people and not um, putting yourself too high and mighty to where you feel ever out of reach to somebody. And I think that's been a consistent theme in your life that I've seen. And so I'd love to talk to you about that today, but before we get into that, I'd love for you just to kind of give an introduction to my listeners that maybe don't know who you are, who you are, what you do and what you're passionate about. I'm the uh, pastor of a church of 11. It's uh, sweet Maria and myself, and we made three people. And then they married three people and they made three people. Wow. So, so that's, I used to be a lawyer by training, but uh, I just bailed on that. I thought it was, it was great way. I enjoyed being a lawyer, but I felt like there was another gear. I feel like for most of us, we have these different gears, different times, and um, it can be a beautiful, noble thing, whatever we're doing. But then this whole idea of being a new creation. So on one Thursday, I, I live in San Diego. I commuted to Seattle to work for 27 years. Wow. I'd go up in the morning and I'd come home for supper every night. And I walked into my uh, out of the elevator on the 27th floor of this 
uh, building downtown uh, Seattle. And the receptionist said, who are you here to see? And I said, oh, actually, that's my name <laughs> right behind you. Oh, and I realized I hadn't been at my own law firm for almost a year. I'd go up in the morning, I would do my stuff, but I wouldn't go to work. I'd go to court and then I would run back home. And I realized I just kind of moved on. And so like Cortez, I just burned the ships. I got everybody <laughs> together in the biggest conference room we had and I quit. I took the key off my ring and I gave it to this guy. I said, it's all yours, man. You don't owe me a penny. He's like, are you kidding me? And he didn't say kidding, but that's what he meant. And uh, and I gave him the ring. I've never gone back. I don't even know if the law firm's up there. Couldn't care less. <laughs> but that whole idea of being a new creation to see like, say, who is it that you're turning into? And I decided I just wanted to be more available. So I started writing books. Uh, because I, if I made cupcakes to fund these schools of ours, people would die. Um, so if there's a typo or two, no big deal. And so <laughs> I wrote some books. I put my cell phone number in the back of 3 million books. I remember. And so it's just been such a fun ride, just uh, meeting people over the phone that are talking. It's not because I'm looking for new best friends, but what I want to do is I want to learn and that a power of availability. Uh, it's not for everybody, including Sweet Maria Goff. Uh, but it is for me. I just want to just say, just be surprised by just being maybe not the smartest guy in the room, but maybe the most available person in the room. Listen, guys, Janine and I have been married for six months. And the reason why it is a beautiful marriage, it's because of Thrive Market. Thrive Market, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. We genuinely love you so much because of Thrive Market. We're able to save so much time through ordering all our grocery and household essentials through the app or website, uh, guys, it's just a huge stress relief. And you guys also know I have gut issues, like really, really, really bad. So finding, you know, food with top quality ingredients is super crucial for me. And Thrive Market not only does that, but they restrict a, over a thousand harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, and a lot more. And guys, when if you're parents and you have, you need to find organic kid snack, they have low sugar alternatives and high protein essentials. Jenny and I are also training for our marathon, so it is so beneficial, and we can find all of our protein options and snacks through Thrive Market. And guys, save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash healthy for 30% off your order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash healthy, thrivemarket.com slash healthy. Wow. That is so, so impressive. I, I literally, when I remember reading one of your books and someone was like, no, flip to the back, like his number's back there. And I was like, no, it's not. And sure enough, I go to the back and I'm like, how does he do this? Because I don't know anybody that would be willing to put their phone number. And maybe you have two phones. I'm not really sure how you navigate that. Is that your personal cell phone number? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That is amazing. So I, I get so many calls. I can't get a thing done, which is terrific. <laughs> um, because that whole idea, when I think of the people and some people, faith is a big deal for them and others not so much. Uh, but for me, it is. And I, when I looked at the life of Jesus, you could look at Gandhi's life as well. Uh, they were just available. And so as more time went by, they became more and more available, not less and less. And so you have somebody that writes a country Western song about a big old truck or a big old dog, and they're not available anymore. Or wow. you get somebody who gets a bit part in a movie, and then all of a sudden they're the big shot and they're not available anymore. And so I thought, what if we flip that and just get more available as time goes by. And again, it's a wiring harness thing. If that's right. not your jam, then don't do it. But um, if you're, uh, there's uh, one of the guys that was an influence, wrote a bunch of the letters that are in the Bible. His name was Paul. And he said about a buddy, his name, Timothy, he said, he's a guy who takes a genuine interest in the people around him. Mm. And I think that's been the hallmark of the people that have impressed me the most is the one, I mean, look what you're doing with your podcast. You're just taking a genuine interest in people. Mm. So I would love to be remembered for that. People are known for their opinions, but they're remembered for their love. And wow. I think people are remembered for their availability. That is powerful. 
And very convicting. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on my podcast was because I really do feel like you are someone that does that. And I, I do want to ask more questions about that. But I just think that's so unique and, and very a very cool statement of yours to be like, hey, I, I actually live this out. I don't just preach this. I'm not on social media. It looks like you've genuinely lived that out. And I was going to ask you, like, because your phone is probably blowing up all the time. Like, how do you balance being like, okay, I got to get work done. I got to write my own book because you are constantly writing books. You've, how many books have you written at this point? I think there's seven of them. Okay, that's amazing. How are you balancing doing your job, but then also trying to like help people that keep calling you? Like how many calls per day do you think you answer? Gosh, there's been, I think it's uh, like midday now and I've probably gotten 20 already, 30. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, yeah, yeah. So it's always just wow. a minute. People just want to check in and you can let people know, like if you were to call somebody up and they say, um, oh yeah, hey, I just have a minute. How can it be helpful to you? Wow. And then if they start uh, by, because they don't know what to do. So they sometimes take a longer way around the bush and they'll say, you know, when I was an embryo, <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this is going to take a minute. Yeah. So what I'll do if people have a little bit longer a thing to say. Then I'll just say, here's my email. A very cryptic email is Bob Goff at Bob Goff. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> so I get hundreds of emails every day. And I just delighted it. There was a guy way back in the day named Keith Green. He was a musician that died way before his time. And I remember writing to him when I was in college and he wrote me back three sentences. It was before computers and emails and all that. And I don't even know what the three sentences were, but I was so impressed that he took time to write me three sentences that everybody that writes to me gets three sentences back. And they're not the same three sentences. Oh, it just said God. to me when he wrote me, it's like I mattered, like I was worth it. Uh, and he had time. And uh, just all these years, gosh, I'm reaching back 40 years. And uh, I still like, there's something about that. It just honors people instead of them just writing into the abyss and then, or expecting that they wouldn't hear back. But you want to get a hold of whoever's in the White House. I don't care what color hat you have. Mm. The phone number doesn't change. And it's 202-456-1414. that crazy? Like, so, so write this down for your kids, 202-456-1414. Yeah. Now, don't call like Ding Dong Ditch because they will answer and they'll say, White House, just have something to say. Right. To say, can you patch me through? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But so if people call me, it's a great opportunity to kind of collect your thoughts and to say, what do I want? Um, that's what Jesus always asked blind guys that he met. Uh, they'd be standing at the gate saying, I'm blind, I'm blind. And he'd say, what do you want? Mm, wow. <laughs> and so I think you would think it'd be obvious. And I don't think Jesus was confused, but sometimes people like don't know what they want. And so if we can have a little bit of clarity as individuals, we want love, purpose, connection, a couple authentic relationships. Your list might be longer than that. It won't be any shorter than that. Wow. Um, and so you start looking for what you want. Uh, I, I wanted a 1971 Volkswagen convertible. Um, I had one. That was my first car. And so uh, I, as soon as I decided I wanted to find another 1971 Volkswagen, it's like every third car that passes by me mm -hmm. is a 1971 Volkswagen convertible. You start finding what you're looking for. And I want to start looking for things other than applause and, uh, and permission and all that. I want to like start looking for meaning and purpose and love and acceptance and those kind of things. Wow. I genuinely am so inspired by you because I think that's so cool that even after all these years of success and all the things like you still make yourself available. And I think that's something that I want to be as well as I always want to strive for that as well of like, you know, I'm sure you get people that they meet you and they're like, Oh man, he's not going to want to say hi. He's too busy for me. And then later then maybe they DM you and they're like, I saw you at the store and I didn't want to bother you. And maybe you're like, no, like come say hi. And like, that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't want to be too busy for people. And yes, like we all have the same 24 hours on a day, which is something I want to ask you about is boundaries at some point. But like, I just think it's so cool, your humility to be like, I am no greater than you just because I've written a New York Times bestseller multiple times. <laughs> that is such a testimony to, to, to you. So thank you for doing that. I'm kind of learning things along the way from people that have been like really cool to me. I remember uh, I wanted to meet the Dalai Lama. 
Because I thought, like, I mean, he's the leader of a billion people. You might as well get to say yeah. hi. And so um, uh, uh, I wrote to him. I said, could we meet? And he wrote back and he said, yes. Wow. <laughs> Is that crazy? So we did. That. And I didn't post a selfie or anything. There's just something really beautiful. We were uh, in this room together. And you know when somebody walks by and they look in a room to see who's there? This guy walked by and he steps back like in reverse. He does this double take. Boom, lands right on his face. And he's like, because this is a deity to many people. And so like he, he, the Dalai Lama looks up, he says, that happens to me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, I I didn't know what to say when he walked in. And I was just, I just talk about reaching for the stupid shelf. I said, (sighs) so do you have any kids? And he said, like, not this time. I love your humor. I love your your confidence just to ask people the 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 candid questions of maybe something no one else would ask. That's so amazing. So, what point at what point like did you realize like I'm an author? Like were you writing books in law school or did you transition out and then you were like what do I do? I want to write. Like what was that transition period into becoming an author? I didn't know how to off. I know that's how to work, <laughs> but um but I had I uh, was a lawyer and then I wanted to kind of found myself spending a weird amount of time helping rich people like sort out money between them, which is an important function. It just doesn't need to be my function. Yeah. Um, and so um, I started thinking of my career more like fundraising. Cause like if I, uh, you know, uh, was to open a bake sale or something, people would die. But if I could like write a book, then it would actually be a contribution. Um, it would be something that would be lasting. And so um, I just started writing a book. A publisher, Thomas Nelson, yep. said, will you write a book? And I said, I don't know. Will you build a school? I told them I'll trade you one book for one school. Wow. And they said, well, how big is the school? And I said, all right, a thousand child soldiers in northern Uganda, a hundred teachers. And they said, big school. I said, big book. <laughs> <laughs> I love and I made that. Them- I made him pay me in advance because I didn't know if it would totally suck. And then uh, then it worked and we ended up, gosh, we're 13 years later and uh, we're running the school on the royalties from the book. Isn't wow. that crazy? So you could, I, I learned that instead of asking people for money, like uh, we have with Love Does a fundraiser once every 20 years, whether we need to or not. So we just had one uh, in the early 2000s. And then we had one about six or eight months ago. But other than that, we just want to be friends. And so I found out that I could write books. And so if that makes me an author, then awesome. But I just really like the idea of writing books. And I really like the legacy piece to that too. Think about for yourself, the uh, if you think of a triangle, like a pyramid, you could say the bottom left hand portion of that. Think of that as being like all of your capabilities, like the things that you do that work for me was being a lawyer and maybe somebody else is a plumber or doing something honorable, planting crops, picking crops. So these are your capabilities. Then the pointy end of the triangle is the life you want to lead, like a life that encourages people, that has this cadence between work and rest. And then the bottom right-hand corner is the legacy you want to leave. Mm. And so I've moved from the bottom left, which is what I'm capable of doing, to the life I want to lead and the legacy I want to leave. And so that just helps me when things come my way, things come your way. I don't think like, will it work? I think, will it last? Because I'm Mm. thinking legacy so if it's just something that'll work, like pet rocks work for a while until they didn't. And yeah, people yeah, said, yeah. it's 30 bucks, it's a rock. So I don't want to just do things that'll work. I'm just like thinking a little bit more on lasting impact. And so uh, for most of us, we get about 27,383 days, give or take. More if you eat broccoli and less if you eat Pop-Tarts. So with the days that we have, what do you want to outlast you? And I found like books are a great way to just kind of record things I was thinking for my great, great grandkids and all that. So even though I've got you by some laps around the sun, as you're continuing to do legacy kinds of things now for you and the people you love, I think it would just make a really lasting impression on them later. Mm, I absolutely love that. That is so cool. Were you always this giving and like charitable or do you feel like you learned this from your parents or like at what point? Because I think I would, that's the way that I would 
I would recognize you as is like, yeah, he's a very giving, serving person. Were you always like this? At what point did you learn this? How, how did you become this type of person? Yeah, I think we all change gears. I bet it happened to you. Like uh, as you're figuring out what's my identity. First, you have an identity that's like very much attached to your parents mm -hmm. um, or whoever it was that were raising you. And then, and then that identity starts morphing. You realize actually, I'm not my mom. I'm not my dad. I'm me. And so that takes that sometimes it's really awkward adolescence yeah. when you're figuring out like, wait a second, I'm not you and you're not me. I'm me. And to say, so who's me? And so I think working through that, um, most of us are either a reflection of or reaction to the people who are closest to us. So I've got a question for you. Oh. Did you know Jesus, he asked 307 questions. He only answered three. Is that crazy? That In three is years. crazy. One a year. So um, are you a reflection of or reaction to the people that were closest to you? I feel like it could be both though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It's not binary. You can say I'm a, like my parents uh, were just very uh, caring and all that, but pretty conservative. They're pretty mm -hmm. close to the vest. Like uh, we didn't talk about emotions a lot and all that, which isn't oh, yeah. an indictment. It's just, they were great. They were like me, they were amateurs at it. And and so I'm a reaction to that. So I talk about it a lot uh, because I want to like live there. And now my kids, the people we made, like uh, my daughter was like raised by Tigger, by me. <laughs> and she married a guy who is the opposite in many ways. Wow. Uh, because having been raised by Tigger, and we have a great relationship. She said, you know, I... I want somebody who has a foot or two on the ground. Uh, so instead of saying, we're going to launch a rocket, uh, to say like, I'd like to just kind of settle right in here. So it's not a bad thing, but knowing what you're reacting to and what you're reflecting is a really great way to figure out why you're doing what hmm. you're doing. That's awesome. That's a great like journal entry for people to just sit down and process through. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. I think a lot of the things that we do subconsciously, we it is a reaction to our upbringing of like, oh, I do not want that. But I think that's really cool is you get to look at your community, which I want to ask you about your community, is like being around people that do inspire you to want to give more and serve more and love people more. And I think we are such a byproduct of those people around us, which is so true. And I've seen that to be in my life of like, yeah, in the last couple of years, I've noticed I've tried to become less selfish. That's something I'm adamantly working on is like, okay, I'm a pretty selfish person. How do I become less of that? So let's surround myself with more people that are giving. And I think that's why I love your book so much is that it really does challenge me in that. And so thank you for being a leader in that. Um, I think that you and I probably will never get out of this loop of selfishness because that's just kind of in the DNA yeah. that we're like self-preservation and, um, but what I found when you write books in particular, if you look at a class picture, remember like high school, there you are with everybody else. What you do is you find yourself first to see, are my eyes closed? Is my mouth open? Somebody put some bunny ears behind me. So once you find yourself, then you can look at everybody else. But until you find yourself, you don't look at anybody else. And so mm. what I would say is find yourself, figure out how are you wired from the factory uh, what are the influences you're like? What are you reflecting and reacting to? And you don't have to be a negative reaction. You can be like a beautiful, positive, alternative reaction to what's going on. And then what I'm aiming for is being safe. I just want to be Switzerland. Uh, that's not being, I, I just want to be, give me a bar of chocolate and a bobsled. I just want to be like safe person. And then the crazy thing is the people that are on this side of whatever issue it is, they feel safe. And the people that are on the other side feel really safe. And so what this isn't just a lesser version of <clears throat> what some of the things that Jesus was talking about. That's the greatest expression of mm. to just be safe. It doesn't mean that I don't have opinions about things. I just leave my opinions in the thought bubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't let them get out. I just go, wow, that's crazy. Like literally, that's wow. crazy. Um, but I don't like getting everybody's grill about everything. Hmm. And I win arguments for a living. You know, yeah. if we were arguing, cause I'd be winning literally <laughs> 30 years as a lawyer and never lost a case. Dang, Is that crazy? Yeah. And it's not because I'm a good lawyer. I'm a great picker. And so if I had one Jedi kind of move to wish over our society is to be a better picker, mm. like 
pick the right fights to win and pick the right fights to lose, which is most of them. Just yeah. lose to say, I don't want to be right. I'm trying to be Jesus. Amen. I'm trying to be like just safe. That's so good. I love that. I, I want to I want to ask you though, how do you have how do you handle boundaries? Because boundaries are such a big topic now. And I mean, you have so many people who want your time, your attention. They want you to write books. You have your bouncing your family, your mm-hmm. wife, and people are blowing up your phone. Like, what are personal boundaries for you? Like, how do you manage being a good dad, a good husband, an author, and still being kind to all these people without losing who you are, without over-exasperating yourself. What does that look like for you? Maybe it's finding uh, just a handful of really good friends. Um, Henry Cloud wrote that uh, seminal book on boundaries. Yeah, And uh, find some go-to people um, that you've come across along the way, and then have a shared experience with them. Like do something. There was something that Henry wanted to always do that he'd never done before. And <laughs> so I said, buddy, jump in. Let's go do it right now. He's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. So that uh, the joy that comes with a shared experience. And if you share some experiences with people, then when things inevitably, you'll have some setbacks, some headwinds in your life, you'll know who to call. Right. You'll know some people like that you've had to share. But if you keep it really surfacy, like you're just uh, snorkeling in the top two feet of your relationships yeah. with people, then you don't have the backup. You don't have the shared experiences with people when you really need to do a little shipwreck diving. Um, and so I would say to kind of go to depth, find a couple good people. Um, you got room <clears throat> for about seven people around your bed on the day that you pass, mm. eight if they're thin. Um, and so I would just You're find, funny. find your seven people, okay. find seven people, send them a text message today. Say you're one of my seven Aww. and to just say, I'm going to, uh, uh, I may call on you. I got about room for seven people in my life and you would be one of the first calls I'd make. Mm. And there's something beautiful to be part of somebody's seven and then know who's part of your seven. Yeah. Um, they don't all have to like a Venn diagram. They can wonderfully overlap, but they don't have to be identical. That's really good. I like that. My seven. So who do you like, what, what would, what would you say no to, or would you always be willing to at least consider something and then process through with your wife and then be like, okay, now I'm going to say no. Oh yeah. Yeah. So even uh, yesterday, somebody called uh, to say, Hey, I've got a podcast and you jump on. And this is a person that's like kind of sows a lot of acrimony uh, in the world and, you know, good enough guy, like, uh, but he's kind of known for uh, just raising a lot of cane. And so instead of saying yes to that, I said, Hey, what if we go have a Subway sandwich? Uh, What if we just go have a sandwich, break some bread, we'll pound some carbs together. And so that seemed like a smarter way to do this than to have the people that would trust me um, affected by somebody who has a history of uh, being kind of all over the map and sometimes being really harsh on people. Mm. And so I don't want, I'm not afraid of uh, him being harsh with me. I think what he's trying to do is maybe find some new people to draw close. And so it'd be better to have a sandwich than to do a podcast. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So just being picky and to say just the, I would order off the menu. Like sometimes people say, do you want to do this? And then I would say, hey, you know what? Uh, That doesn't blow my hair back, but uh, this would be something that actually would do it. I stopped making appointments with people. Mm. Um, So when people call up to say, can we have coffee or can we do? And what I do is I tell people the arc of my day. I say, this is what I'm going to do today. And I just let them intersect it. If you want to do that, I'm going to be over here about this time and I'll be over there about this time. And then anybody who calls, I'll say, this is the arc of the day. A lot of Wednesdays I spend at Disneyland, two to four <laughs> um, on Tom Sawyer Island. So I just tell people where I'm going to be because what I found is that making the appointments were making me like tip over because I was spending so much time. Do you want to have coffee? Sure. Right. Where, when, how, black, cream, like, uh, and uh, it's not a bad thing. I would just rather tell people where I'm going to be uh, and I kind of tip from that by watching the way Jesus did. Mm. So they like, he met some people and he said, they said, where are you going to stay? He's like, I can't say, <laughs> where are you going to go? What are you going to do? He's like, can't say, but he did say, come and see. 
So I'm really keen on that idea of just come and see, let's be part of this adventure together. I'm not trying to be efficient at the way that I love people. I'm trying to be available in the way that I love people. And availability ended up conflicting in terms of finding balance in my life with appointments. And there's nothing wrong about them. It's a great way to organize one type of day. But I want to say there's another way to organize a day, which is to tell you everywhere I'm going. And that if you want to show up, awesome. That's really cool. I think that's something that I've really struggled with is that I want to be a woman that is known for serving and helping people and loving people. And I found that when I would do that, I would spend all my time and then I would feel like kind of exhausted or I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like I've neglected my job. I've neglected my family. I've neglected my boyfriend, like so many things because I wanted to help people. And so I think that's still like this weird tug of war that I, that I struggle with a little bit is finding the balance of like, I mean, you said you're seven, so you have your family and your wife and friends. And then again, it's like balancing people in your life. And so, yeah, I'm always so curious, like how you do that, because I do want to be someone that's known for giving and loving and serving, but then also still maintaining those friendships and keeping those healthy and making those a priority. And I feel like that's pretty difficult to do, right? Oh yeah. It's impossible. You'll spend your whole life failing at it. Yeah. Um, that said, you could do, you could even think of the, like kind of Jenna story, like God creates uh, heaven and the earth. And then the first thing he does is he hovers over it. Mm. And I really like that idea of thinking for each person listening, like hover over your peeps. Like just to say, what does like my son, my daughter, my friend uniquely need that only I could give them? Because if they need a ride, they can get a ride to, you know, Kansas with Uber for five bucks. But if they need a friend, that's something that they could only get from you. And so save, hover over your faith for a little bit and just say, I don't care what it looks like. Let's just talk about what it is. Mm. Um, but then f- hover over your family, each person kind of call them. What does my dad need? Mm. What's my mom need or a sister or brother? Uh, the, hover over your friends to say your closest friends, those you're seven. Yeah. And to say, what do they uniquely need? So faith, family, hover over fun for a little bit. And to say, what do I need to do? To just kind of make a difference and like just unstring the bow for a moment, just have a little wow. fun with some friends, faith, family, fun, finances. To say, let me hover over my finances here. Am I kind of freaked out about how to make rent and what changes could I make as I hover over that? So I would just go everything that starts with an A. Yeah, faith, family, fun, finances, philanthropy, if you can't spell, a Ferrari, <laughs> if you want one, like, but just find a way to just kind of check in on the most important things in your life and then say, okay, let's go do this day. So and cool. I think there's a beautiful thing. So some people in their faith expression, they have what's called a quiet time. And I don't, mine are super loud. I just think about like everything I learned the day before. And I want to say, okay, I know it sounds right, but is it actually true? And so what I'll do is I'll dive into all the resources that are available to me to see if those things that somebody said or did or thought. And that's why I write books, because I just take all the things I learned the day before and I say, is there something in here for me? I love that. That's so great. You're a very deep thinker, I feel like. (laughs) Yes. On the surface, we're known for like being the balloon guy or the happy dude or whatever. But then there's these layers that becomes a caricature of who we are. That's not really who we are. That I'm like tremendously insecure. I'm afraid everyone will leave me. And when I trace what that's connected to, it's connected to little Bobby Goff, who's seven years old and a little crazy happened. And so, and it happened to everybody, but I then made up a story to explain the crazy I didn't understand because at seven, you don't have the tools. And then I made rules to surround the story. So because the story is everybody's going to leave, the rule is don't go deep with anybody. And now 20-year-old Bobby Goff doesn't know anybody. Why? Because the rule is everybody's going to be kept at bay because the story is everybody's going to leave. And so if we could take that like courageous dive and to say, hey, what are the rules you made up? What stories did you make up that those were connecting? And what was scaffolding for a really fragile life at one point? Um, ended up being kind of like prison bars at some point. So we get surrounded by these rules we make. And man, if we could just figure out what that's connected to, now we got a game. Yeah, that's super helpful. I feel like 
a lot of us would be a lot healthier and more free and would have healthier relationships if we all did that deep dive. I think that's super, super important. Yeah. And if there's somebody out there that like has a boyfriend and like you say, he says, you know, I'm not into talking about that stuff. Say, well, awesome. I'm not into you. I just <laughs> say that that's like, that's my new rule. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's so good. That's so funny. I love that. Oh, um, yeah. Emotionally unavailable people. It doesn't work in relationships. <laughs> Come on. Uh, can you tell me more? Like, what are some examples for somebody that maybe is like, okay, I want to like, think a little bit less about myself. What are ways that you've seen it to be effective and helpful of blessing people or making them feel more seen or known or loved or chosen? What are things that you've seen to work that have genuinely made an impact on people? Yeah, I would, the first thing that came to mind when you asked that is have something bigger going on in your life than whatever it is that you're talking about. So if uh, like Yemen is in the middle of a famine, Um, so have something bigger going in your life to say, instead of just feeling empathy about that, to say, is there a way to get a cargo plane? Or or maybe it sounds really like noble to go across an ocean. What about the thing that Jesus talked about? He said, go across the street. Mm. So do you know your neighbor? Like we're surrounded. I got one over here and over there and across the way. And some of my neighbors are weird. (laughs) I know about (laughs) you, but I got some pretty weird neighbors. And the crazy part is that's what they think about me. Right. I know my neighbors think the same thing. I know she's nuts. I fly the flag of Uganda over my house. And people (laughs) are like, what the heck? But they don't know. I'm the consul general for the Republic of Uganda. This is the consulate. I'm not part of the United States. I'm the diplomatic mission of a foreign government to the United States. Now, it looks like every other house on the block, but it's not. If they understood what the flag meant, then they'd understand there's a bigger story there. And so I guess what my pitch is, is to say, what if you took a genuine interest in the people around you, knowing that they're going to misunderstand you? You can't do anything about that. Um, But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a genuine interest in trying to understand them a little better. That's so great. What like out of any of those phone calls that you've gotten, because you get a lot, which one sticks out to you the most of there being a change or an impact or a conversation or a story you heard or anything like that? Oh, some of them are just funny. Uh, There was a guy that called. uh, It was a couple of days ago. And uh, I said, hello, it's Bob here. And he said, uh, hey, listen, uh, I'm calling you because I want to help you out. I'm like, awesome. Uh, like, you know, how? He said, well, I'm Jesus. <laughs> and, and I've returned. Uh, and now the caller ID said his name was Matt. But I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, how was the trip? <laughs> yeah, I'm dead. Hey, Just Matt. bump the Trinity for me. But I, he's a guy that, it was really well-intentioned. He's just working out some stuff. So I don't want to make him feel small. I don't want to make him feel, but I also don't want to encourage that. And so I just told him, thanks for calling. Mm. Um, And so what if we could do uh, this idea that we're known by kindness? Uh, Some of my friends where they talk about faith a lot, they talk about a verse that Paul wrote. He said, uh, be ready to make a defense for the hope that's within you. And yeah. it sounds like they want to like lawyer up and be Jesus's lawyer. But they, if you keep reading, he says, do it with kindness and respect. Mm. And so if we can just interact with people with a little bit more kindness and respect, I, I'm just trying to do that. I'm not trying to be right anymore mm. in the yeah. conversations. And I'm not trying to make presume things. I'd like you mentioned your boyfriend, like, I don't want to presume things about what your relationship is. I just want to be curious and delighted and hoping the best. And the same thing for the mail carrier and the yeah. same thing for the flight attendant. And so I think if we could do it in, and this isn't this like yippy skippy kind of thing. It's like living with a ton of intentionality to just not presume things about who somebody uh, is or what they love or what they're about, but be like, to your point, just be genuinely curious about them. Mm, that's such a good point because yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I think a lot of times, especially with gossip, I talked about gossip on my podcast recently about how that can really harm someone's character and reputation. And you didn't even get the chance 
to get to know them yourself. And so I think that's really awesome to go in there with no assumptions and be like, tell me your story. Even if you might know, you might have heard some things, you might have seen some things on online, like you never really know who genuinely the person is. And I think that is a powerful communicative tool that we should all do. And even in marriage or relationships, I mean, maybe you still do this with Sweet Maria of staying curious even about her, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, don't like uh, miss out on the fun. There's a outfit. It's called Metzger Farms. And uh, and you can send a dozen baby ducks to somebody, a dozen of them for like 20 bucks. They'll drop ship them to their house. Wow. And so if there's somebody that does something super lame, I just I send them a dozen baby ducks. I duck them. <laughs> uh, if I... <laughs> If they do something super lame, I double duck them. I'll send them like two dozen baby ducks. And then they'll be so busy raising these ducks uh, that they'll stop being mean. (laughs) It's awesome. And there's a guy in particular that comes to mind that I ducked. uh, And people, instead of being so outraged or upset by the lame thing that he did, they just got such a kick that somebody sent him a dozen ducks, Metzger Farms change your life. I'm Googling that. I'm so Googling that. (laughs) Somebody said they were going to send ducks to me. I'm like, I'm going to send a dozen llamas to you. (laughs) (laughs) Ducks last for like six weeks before they fly away, but llamas are forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I hope no one sends me a llama. I would be pretty upset. (laughs) Oh, man, that's great. Okay. So to close out, a question I want to ask you is, How do you use, like, you use your platform a lot to help people, and a lot of people know you, and they have your phone number. How do you maintain a humble heart, like, behind the scenes? Like, what does, like, private times for you look like in remaining humble? Like, I know you have your friends and everything that probably keep you in check, but how do you not let this all get to your head? Yeah, there's not much there to to get to. I mean, if I was a big shot or could hit home runs or do something, but like we're, what do they say? Like one blind man showing the other blind man where the bread is to just stay super humble, super attentive to what's going on, not to get head faked. Um, in Uganda, uh, there's a, a saying, and you never give a microphone to the guy from Uganda, because what they'll do once you get the microphone, they'll typically say, well, I don't have anything to say. And then, oh my gosh, your clothes are going out of style. And they're just like, seasons are changing and they're still talking. So what you do (laughs) is you hang on to the microphone. You just hang on to like interview style. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm learning is I don't give the microphone away to people. I don't give it to them in social media. I don't give it to them in uh, the things that I'm doing. I answer the questions that I want to answer. I don't answer the questions I don't. If people say, what's your position on this social issue of the day or that one? Uh, my position is usually humble. Mm. Like I'm just being humble. I'm trying to learn. I I got a couple more laps around the sun. I'm just spinning it learning. Uh, nobody needs to know my opinion. I'm going to keep that in a thought bubble. But what I do is I keep a hold of the microphone. And sometimes we've given the microphone away. We've given it to loved ones, old boyfriends, old girlfriends, bad teachers, whatever it is, pastors. But we've given the microphone away and I want to hang on to the mic. Mm, that's really good. I've never heard that before. I like that. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for your time, your jokes. I mean, you're a lot funnier than I think people expect. <laughs> like you got some jokes. That was great. Um, oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I hope that you continue to write books. I'm always inspired by them. I love following you on social media. And so oh, thank you thank for being you. a light. And um, maybe when my boyfriend come out to San Diego, we can see you guys at some point. Come on. Well, I'll be easy guy to get a hold of. You know, I'll answer. Yeah, I'm just going to call you. Your number's in the back of your books. <laughs> Which is actually really cool. Like, um, I mean, just a testimony to you. Like, I know you live this out because I have two instances where one, you showed up to my friend Riley's wedding. She invited you and you came. And secondly, I have another friend where you let them use your boat for their wedding. And I was like, this guy's crazy. (laughs) That was was so cool. I was, and it was like during the pandemic and they couldn't find a venue and you were like, Hey, come on my boat. And I was like, he is a legend. (laughs) Like I was so impressed. So that, that was fun. Cool, coolest, cheapest wedding ever. Yeah, yeah. I might have to hit you up for that one day. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for your time. It was such a blessing. And I will have all your links down below so my followers can check you out. And is there anything else you want to plug while you're here? 
No, not at all. I would just say like, instead of agreeing with some of the things that we've shared, go do something about it. Because like, uh, uh, take agreeing with people off the table and to say, what am I going to do? What's my response to that? Something will pop to mind and then just go do it. Don't spend a lot of time. Don't start an organization. Just go do that one thing. That's powerful. I love leaving with that. I'm like, I need to think of my one thing now. (laughs) That's great advice. Thank you. Uh, All right. Thanks for letting me on. Of course. Okay. See ya. Okay, everybody, that was today's episode with Bob Goff. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Um, He is so funny. Like, I didn't expect him to be as funny as he is. So I hope you guys enjoyed just getting to hang out with us and hearing this conversation. I know that I definitely leave feeling more inspired, more motivated, and just ready to go and make a difference. I think the same thing with me is like, man, I want to leave a legacy. I want to bless people online and offline, and I want to practice what I preach. And so I want to be someone that can be interruptible, someone that's not too busy for somebody, or that's like, no, leave me alone. I'm busy. I have my plans. And that's something that I genuinely think I used to be. And I've made so many strides to work on that, but I definitely think there's always more room for growth. And so I want to be someone that's known for that. And I genuinely think Bob Goff is a great example of somebody that's doing that well. And so maybe check out his books, uh, check out any other podcast he's on, follow him on Instagram, because I do find him to be someone that is very inspiring online and offline. And so I hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation and you feel also fired up to go and make a difference in the world. Um, so yeah, just thank you guys for listening to today's episode. You guys can watch this on Spotify and YouTube, but you can listen everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Um, we do have our monthly donations. You guys can always contribute to absolutely no pressure, but I always want to say thank you to the people that are donating. I want to give a shout out to the most recent one. Let me find it really quickly because I want to make sure that this person knows that I genuinely am so, so grateful for your donation. So let me find that. And I also think I got a new voice memo. So let me put that in the podcast. So let me find that really quickly. So we have a new donator. Her name is Jessica Love. Thank you, Jessica Love. She is donating now $5 a month to Happy and Healthy. Thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. Again, this helps me pay my team, pay for all the subscriptions that it does cost quite a bit of money to have a podcast successfully running and performing well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Feel free to always leave us a review. It helps us out so much. If you're enjoying this podcast, post us on happy and health, post us on Instagram, tag us on happy and healthy podcast, as well as Janina Mapola. I love to repost those and see when you guys are listening it means the world to me. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I will see you guys again next Tuesday for another episode of happy and healthy, but until then stay happy and healthy. Bye y'all. <laughs>